What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the latest and greatest edition of J5 Solutions Presents, the Five Star Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy. Thank you again for joining me. First and foremost, thank you again for everyone out there in podcast land that has downloaded, that has subscribed, uh, that has listened, feedback, uh, and everyone that's been part of launching the new season, the new episode, the new direction. I truly appreciate all of you out there that has uh, that have listened and downloaded. Uh, I am greatly, greatly appreciative. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, so something to think about the way I like to start, set the tone of the podcast. It says that a scar is not always a flaw. Sometimes a scar may be redemption inscribed in the flesh, a memorial to something endured to something lost. That is something to think about. Uh, here at J5 Solutions, as I've said each each episode, we are crafting wellness and we are igniting creativity. So again, welcome again to season one, episode four. And I want to go in a different direction uh, this episode. The past few episodes I've been talking, well, the first one I set the stage, just let you know into the, the, the what J5 Solutions truly is, what we stand for, our mission and our vision. Then I talked the past the past last couple episodes, I talked about uh, personal training and how that applies to physical well-being and accountability and just overall your health and wellness. And with that, so the Lord has really been dealing with me and going in a completely different direction. And I've been fighting against it, been battling against it, and I can't put up the fight any longer. So I just have to, so I'm on, I'm on here today trusting God, I'm having faith, and most importantly, I'm about to do hard things. So before we get started, and I give you the title of the podcast, I'm just give all glory to the Most High, His Son, Emmanuel, the Christ, to all of you out there listening, my brothers and sisters, I greet you. In the Hebrew tongue, shalom. And shalom simply means greetings. So let me tell you a little bit about me. Uh, first, let me tell you what I am not. Okay, I am not a biblical scholar. Uh, I'm not a, uh, I couldn't uh, quote scripture from scripture from this book and that book, Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, I do not have a theo, uh, theolo- theological degree. I'm not a doctor of anybody's ministry. Uh, I, I, I am not a perfect man. <laughs> I mean, just just that simple put. Then let me tell you what I have been. So I have been in my past, just like we all have a past. Uh, My favorite line is to say that if you don't have a used to be story, then you probably still are what you used to be. So I have been a sinner. I have been a horrible husband. I have been a, a drunk. I have been a liar. I have been a cheat. Again, I am not a perfect man. Um, but who I am, as you, from my mouth to your listening ear, who I am today, as I am a believer, uh, I'm a follower. I'm very strong in my faith. I'm grounded in biblical principles. I have been forgiven. I've been redeemed. Uh, I have been granted grace and mercy, and I have had my life renewed and restored. So today's episode uh, or this week's episode is going to come. Scripture is going to come from Mark 2 verses 1 through 17. And I'm going to do it from the NIV version. Uh, and so just to give you just a really quick, brief backstory. So Mark is the second chapter of the New Testament. I'm pretty sure we all know that. Uh, it's part of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, the word gospel is derived from the Anglo-Saxon term meaning God spill, meaning good story. The four writers of these books were said to be a tax collector, uh, Matthew, a teenager, Mark, which is what we're going to get into today, a doctor, Luke, and a fisherman, John. 
these their writings are are really what we have describing the mortal life of Emmanuel the Christ and the things he said and did in great detail. So moving in this direction, I'm gonna jump off of the personal training, I'm gonna jump off of the physical well-being, and I'm 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 gonna dive off into the scripture of Mark, the scriptures of Mark uh, chapter two. And the title of this episode is Even a Sinner Like Me. J5 Solutions presents the Five Star Solution Podcast, a haven for the kingdom creative. Here, we understand that your body is a temple, a sacred vessel entrusted to you by God. We invite you to embark on a journey of crafting wellness and igniting creativity as you steward the masterpiece that is your mind, body, and spirit. Welcome to the Five Star Solution Podcast. So before we get into Mark 2, 1 through 17, NIV version, give you a little background. So in Mark chapter 1, uh, we learned that uh, Christ was, I mean, he was tired, right? We read through throughout, the, he was tired, he was exhausted, he was out healing um, believers and those that had faith and those that trusted trusted God. He was out all day long walking, healing, performing miracles. Uh, Mark 1 and 21, it, talks, it says that large crowds followed Christ as he came down the mountainside. And to the synagogue, he cast out uh, an impure spirit while teaching. Uh, he cured the man with leprosy. Uh, the Roman officer's servants who was lying in bed with a terrible pain delivered them uh, at Peter's house. Uh, his mother-in-law was sick with the high fever. He took care of that. And in verse 29, it says that many demon-possessed people were brought before him, and he cast out all evil spirits. So it was busy. So my man was busy. He was, he was, he was, I'm just doing my, I'm just doing my job. He was out doing his thing all day long, healing, delivering, uh, and, and whatnot. When we jumped over to Matthew, uh, eight and 23, it said that when he finally had a minute to lay down and rest, finally had a second to rest, he got into the boat, crossed over to the other side and in the middle of that crossing, the disciples woke him up to calm the wind and the waves. Like, I don't know about you. It must, it had to be some horrible, terrible storm going on. It was probably in the little old boat. But if I know, what, if I'd been walking next to the, to the, the, the son of God, the creator, the, the, the um, son of the creator, the Messiah himself, if I was in the boat with him and he was asleep, it don't matter. It could be a Category 5 tsunami going on around me. I'm going to be right there laid up next to him, snuggled up on the floor, watching Netflix, probably eating some red velvet cake and drinking a Coca-Cola. It ain't even matter to me what's going on out there. I'm going to be right there with him. And what they was all in the disarray and all worried. So he, he couldn't even rest. He was trying to get some rest from doing all these miracles all day, and he couldn't even do that. So he just jumped up, went to the top, was like, chill out, Wynn. All right, I'm trying to sleep. Chill out. So then once he got to the other side, took care of that, got to the other side of the lake, two demon-possessed men met him at the shore. I mean, he couldn't even get out the boat. This is where we pick up Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, and what I find very in interesting is that all the people he healed, the Bible did not associate their type of problem with a last name. Think about that. I'm going to slow down for a minute right here. With whoever he healed, whomever he healed, blind man, leprosy, sick, Whatever the case may be, they did not associate their problem or their issue 
with the last name or a title. It wasn't he, the doctor. It wasn't the athlete. It wasn't the pastor. It wasn't the lawyer. It wasn't the homeless. It wasn't the kid. It, it didn't matter. All right? It didn't matter what side of the track you were from or your race or your, or your financial status. Uh, he truly healed everyone and anyone that did what? Had faith, that trusted God, and that was willing to do something hard by coming to him. Faith without works. You have to, so everyone came to him looking for healing. They didn't sit back and wait on the Lord to bring it to him. They went and sought after him. Mark 2, 1 through 17. It says, a few days later, when Christ again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there were that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Christ because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Christ by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Christ saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 8. Immediately, Christ knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he, so he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, uh, Christ told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Christ was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Watch this now. Verse 17. On hearing this, Christ said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. <laughs> Amen. First thing, let me bag up uh, to the four friends going to Paralytic Man, because this is really where I want to go with this today. This is, really, this is what's been on my heart uh, that God gave me to give to you all is that about that that's, um, part of the scripture right there. So I would say if you don't have four friends, like take a minute and think about your four closest friends. The last four people you text or call. If you don't have four friends who are gonna carry you on a stretcher through a crowd, through a crowd, pull you up on on top of a house, cut a hole in the roof, and then lower you down right to the feet of Christ, you don't have any real friends. They're not really your friends. If they don't do that, they're your associates. They're not your friends. Cause those right there are some real friends. And catch what the scripture says. It says when Christ saw their faith. Like, this is so key right here. When Christ saw their faith, 
Not the faith of the man that was on the stretcher, but the faith of the four people that carried him and lowered him down to, 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 to Christ. Like, so we talking about, we don't know how long, I don't remember reading or seeing how long that they had been doing this. Like, every day they get up, like they probably have their own families, they probably have their own things going, going on, their own ailments going on. They having issues paying the bills. Like they, they have kids that that's not doing right themselves, right? So they have their own lives going on. But every day they choose all four of them to come meet at the paralyzed man house, get them dressed, help them get cleaned up, strap them down to the stretcher, pick them up and move out. So scripture says when Christ saw their faith, not just the faith of the man on the stretcher, the faith of those that brought him, he was healed. And I don't want you to miss that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to miss how key that that is to the people that you align with. Sometimes just aligning yourself with the right people will get your sins forgiven. Just aligning yourself with the right people. Before you even do anything, just the fact that you align yourself with some believers, with, with some some uh, individuals that have the faith of a mustard seed, like just because you align yourself, because you got in the room with those with those individuals, you will also get your sins forgiven. Amen. This is why it's so important to have a community, especially through life groups. Right? This is why you must align. You have to drop your pride. You have to be humbled down, and you have to join a life group. You have to be vulnerable, be humble, and watch how quickly God will save you and promote you. His accountability, the, par the paralyzed man accountability partners were not even there for themselves. Right? Like this is so key. Like they they weren't they didn't even go to get their 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 blessings. They just came and brought him because of their faith. Not only was the paralyzed man healed, but they were also blessed. Again, it's alignment. You have to understand that the reason why you not getting blessed like you know you should be, like you, you read your Bible, you show up to church, you serve, everything, you check all the boxes except one, the company that you keep, the people that you are aligned with. Are you struggling with your 2024 health and wellness goals? Has going to a big box gym started to become overwhelming and confusing? Does your body hurt and you're constantly hungry? Are you ready to throw in the towel and just give up? Not so fast. Go to j5solutions.com, schedule your free 30-minute fitness assessment, and allow J5 Solutions to aid you in getting you back on track. Turning your 2024 goals into a reality. So then you have the haters on the sideline talking about blasphemy. Like how many of you all listening have had people that see you finally turn your life around? You've finally been delivered. You've finally been forgiven. God has finally granted you all the grace and mercy. And then they start dragging you through the dirt. They start bringing up your past. Oh, you you going to church now? I, I remember 
20 years ago when we used to be on the block together. 20 years ago. They still bringing that up. Again, if you don't have a used to be story, you still are what you used to be. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So the paralyzed man finally decided to get on his feet. <laughs> he finally decided to get on his feet and move on with his life. And here we go in the corner, the holier than thou Bible toting Christians over in the corner calling it blasphemy. You've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. Your past mistakes, the sum of your past mistakes does not dictate your future. The sins of your past does not dictate the blessings of your future. If you get nothing else from this from this episode, I want you to get that. That the, the sins of your past do not dictate the blessings of your future. Because you've been redeemed. Because God is a forgiving God. God is a redeeming God. He's a healing God. And he grants grace and mercy to those that seek after him. To those that believe in the power of the creator. So there's a part of this scripture that... Uh, I, I, I need you to catch. And the scripture says in Mark 2, verse 11, I tell you, get your mat and go home. That's that's so key right there. Because he could have just said, you've been healed and left it at that. But he doubled down. He says, I tell you, get your mat and go home. So I thought, like, why is that? Like, why is him taking his mat with him so important? Why is that so key? Why was that so like it was uh, uh, highlighted almost. Mark 2 and 11, I tell you, I tell you like a d direct order, get your mat and go home. So why is it so important that he takes that he takes his mat? Well, 1 John 1 and 9 says that we confess our sins. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, take your mat. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and go home and purify us from all unrighteousness. Take your mat and go home. Yes, you will be forgiven, but you better remember that. You better remember the time. Yes, you will be blessed. But you better remember that one time when, yes, God will cover you. But you better remember when your life was not, mm -mm. take your mat and go home. Even a sinner like me. So remember, remember those times of how broke you were and didn't know how you was going to pay the light bill. And at the last minute, God showed up and showed out. Remember how beat up you were feeling when you was abandoned, when you was left alone. When you thought no one liked you, no one cared about you, when you was deep in the valley, when you've been swimming upstream, remember how beat up and tired you felt, but God showed up and showed out. Remember how you was just at your lowest point. You thought sinning or, and or death was the only way out, how unworthy for favor you were. And once again, God showed up. Take your mat and go home. Remember, remember how long you have carried that illness around with you. Not tell, not telling anyone. Scared to go to the doctor. Maybe because you can't afford it. Maybe because you didn't want to know the truth. Maybe because you thought you can just suck it up and, and, and drive on. 
And just when it was about to take you out, just when it was about to take take over your body and, and your mind, just when the doctor had written you off, you understood the fact that you serve a mighty God, a God who is a healer, a God who is a way maker. And he showed up and he removed that issue that you had. Remember how many times you wanted to quit. Throw in the towel. Forget about it. Think about it. It probably wasn't too far away or too long ago. You just was ready to give up and said you couldn't do it no more. You was tired. You were sick and tired of being sick and tired. Woe is me. Why me? Why does always happen to me? And just when you was about to lay it down and let it go, God showed up and redeemed you. Think about how many times that you tried your best to fight the good fight and gave in to sin over and over. And then you understood the error of your ways and you align yourself with the great, with the life group, with the community of believers and your sin was forgiven and your past was made clear. It's been a lot of times in my life. God may not have showed up when I wanted to, when I, when I thought I needed him to the most, he didn't show up, but I will tell you, he was always there right on time. I always like to say, I may not be right where I want to be in life, but I thank the career that I'm not where I was at. You've heard this from the beginning when I started this podcast. You see me now. If you knew me then and you see me now, you'd be like, ain't no way. <laughs> ain't no way. That him? Oh, I remember when, but God told me to pick up my mat. I've been healed and go home. You have to remember how God will still heal you and bless you once you seek after him. Faith without works. You have to put in the work. You have to align yourself with some people that's going to take you to him. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when your legs don't want to move. Even when your heart not in it. Even when you don't feel strong enough. Even when you're tired and weary. You're feeling lightheaded and dizzy. Weak and ashamed. If you seek him. When you seek him, he will still heal you and bless you. Get up, take your mat, and go home. Acts 10 and 34, God is no respecter of person. He doesn't care your level, your position, your last name, where you're from, what your bank account look like. What your house look like, how big, how small, homeless, whatever the case may be. Young, old, male, female, he doesn't care. He's no respecter of person. He does not show favoritism. Even a sinner like me. He does not care the number of sins you've committed. What you have done. It's not keeping score. Who you used to be, even a sinner like me. God will still use you for the good of his will and for the greatness of his glory. And that's the key right there that we have to remember. That if we repent, turn to him, lay our troubles at his feet and get out of his way. Stop. Don't lay it at his feet and then go back and get it. Don't give it to God and then be like, you know what, God, let me have that back. I can handle it. No, let it go and let God. God will still use you for the good of his will and for the greatness of his glory. You will be a testimony. 
you are no longer a victim. From this day forward, you are victorious. And your testimony is a testament to how great God is. So that you may go out and share your story with someone else. When the when the when the when the paralyzed man got up, grabbed his mat, and walked up out of the scripture says he walked through so for everyone can see that, oh yeah, this was this is what my God did for me. And he can do the same for you. Because we all out here paralyzed to an extent. We all out here just trying to make it. We all out here doing the best we can with what we have. And if you don't believe me, like don't take my word for it. That God will use you for the greatest, great for His will. I give you some biblical examples, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna walk slow through this because I want you to catch this. Because there's in one of these names, you are you can insert your name, and one of these individuals that God used for the greatness of His glory and for the good of His will, you can put your into take out their name and put your name in it, and I guarantee you're gonna be somewhere up up uh, on this list. Abraham. Let's start with him. Abraham was old. <laughs> it was old. And look what God did with him. Elijah, he was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and money hunger. The disciples fell asleep while praying. And Paul, who was a Pharisee, he persecuted Christians before becoming one, even a sinner like me. If you ever feel you are not worthy enough, remember God used a bunch of flawed people to share hope to a flawed world. In him, we find renewal and mending. God did not call the equip. He equipped the call. And you have been redeemed, my friend. So in closing, I'll leave you with this. You must be willing to do the impossible in order to achieve the unimaginable. And I'm going to say that again. You must be willing to do the impossible in order to achieve the unimaginable. May God truly bless each and every one of you. And remember, every single day, start and end the day with these three things. Trust God. Have faith. Do hard things. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Solution Podcast. Please be sure to like and comment on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Yeah.